Welcome virtual entrepreneurs, millennials on the go, and adventure seekers with big dreams. You found the right place. My name is Alexis Teichmiller, a millennial, lifestyle blogger, and digital creative. The Laptop Lifestyle is designed to inspire, educate, and challenge you to live the life you want every day. Together, let's unlock how to live the laptop lifestyle to the fullest. I am sitting here with one of my good girlfriends here in Nashville in my studio, and her name is Larissa May, but you can also call her Lars. That's what I call her. And she is a 22-year-old creative consultant, fashion blogger, entrepreneur, and founder of Half the Story. She has um, worked and connected with artists in Los Angeles, New York, Chicago, Nashville, Paris, London. And um, her favorite thing about art is the ability to connect with like-minded artists around the world to produce something unique and beautiful. She has been um, to Fashion Week. She's been a Fashion Week correspondent for AOL Lifestyles and Lookbook, which has reached, um, which has a reach of two million users and five to eight million monthly visitors. She has worked with brands like Coach, Rebecca Minkoff, Sephora, Teen Vogue, and Free People, just to name a few. And I am so excited to have her here. Hey, girl, what's up? Hey, thanks for having me here. You're so welcome. Um, so I know I probably did not you know, tell everything that you do. So tell everybody a little bit more about yourself. Yeah. Hey guys, I'm Lars, as she said, also known as Living Like Lars. I feel like a lot of people do be like, oh, hey, it's Living Like Lars. <laughs> um, yes. But I, you know, I think the best way to describe myself now is a digital creative director. And what I do from day to day is create social media and content strategies for brands and individuals around the world. Because, you know, I really believe in the power of social storytelling and really being able to tell your story in every type of medium. And so that's what I work on every day. I guess you could call me a professional storyteller. (laughs) And I love that. And she tells stories so good. Um, All of her content is so fresh and beautiful. And all the brands in the the people that she gets to work with, I know, just love you. Everyone that meets you just loves you. So oh, I love you. I love you. Um, and we met through Instagram, sort yeah. of. Um, <laughs> I reached out to a friend via Instagram, and then she connected me with Lars. And so I just love the power of, of social media and how it brings people together. So that is how we met. Um, but you do a lot. You're 22. You have been all over the world. You have quite the platform. I want to know, when did you know that you wanted to be more than average? It's kind of crazy, but I think I think I was just born like that. Um, I remember when I was little, I was always writing shows and trying to sell tickets to my neighbors. And I had my first business card when I was 10 years old. And it wasn't for a babysitter. It was for a mother's helper because my mom told me I was too young to be a real babysitter. <laughs> and, you know, since then, I've just been creating. And, you know, I designed headbands when I was little and tried to sell them on commission at local boutiques for children's cancer. And so... I've always felt like I was driven by something that was bigger than me. And I'm not sure what that was, but it was kind of like a responsibility that I was born with and something that I just grasped at a young age. And I think that's why I think that's why half the story means so much to you. So uh, tell everybody what half the story is and what your mission and vision is for that. Yeah. So, you know, obviously we've connected on social media and a lot of 
you know, the people that I've met in this world, I've connected with on social media because I've taken a lot of risk and moved places because I was guided by my heart and not necessarily always, you know, where I knew people or, or money. Yeah. <laughs> or money. Yes. Actually, can't even believe I get to do what I do today, which is awesome. Um, but, you know, with that being said, I think, you know, for every person that's connected on social media, there's probably, you know, 10 or 20 people that feel disconnected or left out or feel less about themselves. And that's something that's a common thread throughout, you know, not only in the fashion world, but also in, you know, our modern world, whether that's among, you know, younger kids in grade school and high school where there's, you know, bullying and all these things because of social media or it's, you know, mothers or, you know, young girls who feel like they are never going to be enough because they're constantly, you know, over flooded by these digital touch points each and every second of their day. So, you know, this fall when I was at Fashion Week, what I realized is, I mean, I was a senior it's from Vanderbilt. I just graduated and I missed my second week of school. And I remember just running between show to show. And there was a specific moment. It was kind of like a light bulb moment. I was going from the Betsy Johnson show at Penn Station down to the AOL headquarters because DVF was, you know, speaking for an AOL build series. And I didn't even, I had like no time to get there. And, you know, they'd save me a spot in the front row. And, you know, if I missed that, it would have been one of the biggest mistakes I could have made. And I was just running through the subway. I remember having like three minutes and it was like 80 degrees. I face planted, broke my phone, was literally wiping sweat off my face, but I made it in there for the show. And, you know, afterwards I was going to post this, you know, pretty baller photo that I had taken. It was like outfit of the day, street style, like looking like a total girl boss. And I was like, wow, I actually look so bad right now. I'm so stressed out. I haven't slept. And like, you know, it, I'd order dinner at like two in the morning and like couldn't remember the last time I ate because I was just like dragging myself around and like Skyping in, in the class between, you know, between shows. And I realized I was like, I'm only telling half the story. And, you know, we create the expectations by the stories that we tell for ourselves. And I, I realized that I was, you know, trying to create this reality of, Hey, like I can do everything. I'm a full-time student. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. And I'm like, this isn't everything. And like the people that know me, know me, what I struggle with. Um, and you know, so I created this platform, half the story, and it's an Instagram account that allows people to share something that you wouldn't see. And it's not, it doesn't have to be something bad. It can be something amazing, you know? And I think like just, you know, there are students all over that only show pictures of partying and it's like hey if you're going to harvard you're not at harvard because you know how to party you're at harvard because you know how to make a difference yeah and so we're just using that as a platform to be like hey like this is what goes on behind the scenes this is what i'm doing what i'm doing or hey like this is a goal that i have and i've never really showed it through our social platform through my social platforms because we want to gain you know positive connectivity and also just redefine the meaning of vulnerability and i feel like what it is is it's truth telling like, Absolutely. I'm sitting here and I'm going to tell you the truth versus um, – and I think everybody can relate to that about the perfect picture and, mm-hmm. like, what you shared about being in right. New York. I mean, we all have moments like that where we want to share the good, um, but we sometimes feel bad or we right. feel, you know, stressed or overwhelmed mm-hmm. or, you know, we're depressed or we're in a season of despair. And so right. actually sharing – the other half of the story. I just, I love that. I think that's so cool. And that's how, you know, you and I connected and mm-hmm. I love following that Instagram. It's so inspirational. Yeah. Um, it all, I feel like ever since I met you and learned more about half the story, the way that I even share on social media has changed. Oh my God. This is so happy. <laughs> because I feel like I want to tell the truth and I want to say like, mm-hmm. yeah, I had a great morning, like da, 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 da. And now I'm like sitting on my bed in a pile of laundry, like not wanting to do anything. Yeah. You know, totally. just like sh- being real. And yeah. I think that's what social media doesn't really do. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, 
speaking about social media, what do you feel like is your favorite platform, a platform that people should be on, like yeah. in, in a way that does tell the truth, but also in a way to grow their mm-hmm. blog or business or platform? Right. So, I mean, I think the two most dominant channels nowadays are definitely Instagram and Snapchat. Snapchat is going through the roof. They have more users than Twitter has, and Twitter's been around for like eight years. Yeah. Um, and the way I kind of describe it is, you know, I'm a visual person, and I think that, you know, Instagram is continuously growing. It's not dying at all. And, you know, what I think, I think Instagram and Snapchat are the perfect pair. It's like, you know, Instagram's the cover of the book and then Snapchat's the full story. And, you know, like that. And yeah. And, you know, you know, I love how you can go behind the scenes of people's lives. I mean, (laughs) I remember, you know, and this is when I was creating half the story, someone came up to me and said, Lars, like, I look at your Snapchat and I look at your Instagram and I'm like, how are these the same people? And to me, that was a light bulb moment of being like, wow, like I need to share a little bit of my story because, you know, if people know me, you know that like I'm totally like a like a paradox of like, yeah, like, you know, I have everything on paper together, but everything that's easy is not together. And I'm like (laughs) the most like I'm like kind of like, you know. I don't you're, know. you're a nomad. Yeah, I'm like know? a nomad, but totally I, I, I like I hold it together, but like I take a lot of risk. And, you know, I love my Snapchat because it shows my personality, whereas my Instagram might just show like one dimension of myself. And mm-hmm. I think like the best you is the full you. And that's where I think Snapchat is an amazing opportunity, whether that's for businesses or people or just, you know, the industry at large. To really show that both sides. Right. Um, you said you are a risk taker. What is the biggest risk that you've taken and – yeah. You know, did it turn out? Did it not turn out? And mm-hmm. how do you deal with that failure of that? Yeah. I mean, or the I, success. I think I take risks every day. Um, I've failed more times than I succeeded. I could tell you that. And I think, you know, my ability to take risks is due to my ability to deal with failure. Mm. And I've, you know, I've done that. And people always say that. Like, I remember when I would listen to entrepreneurs speak when I was younger, like, you know, you have this moment where you're like, oh, like, that's so like made up, like go chase your dreams. Like, you know, that sounds ridiculous, but cliche. Right. So cliche. But then like, I'm sitting here and I hear myself saying some of those same words. And like, the reasons I'm saying that is because the feeling is real. And like, it's like you get to this type of like spiritual level where you just kind of, you put things in perspective and you realize like, you know, you just got to take risk. And the most successful people in the world are not the ones or, you know, not whatever you want to define that by, but influential or the people that I really look up to are not the ones that fit in the rest of their whole life. And like, for me, I think the biggest risk that I took was just being myself. And I think it's a risk that people are afraid to take every day. And, um, it's, you know, it's led me to, I've had to deal with a lot to kind of be who I am and do what I'm doing. Like it hasn't always been easy. When I started living like Lars, I remember, you know, like people would tweet and be like, haha, I'm living like Lars and like do like kind of mean stuff like that. Um, or, you know, I'd get criticism and be like, oh, do you actually think you can make a living off that? Or like, you know, this and that. And to me, I didn't care. I was just doing what I loved. And, you know, here I am, like I wake up every day and I get to work and talk to amazing people like you around the world because like, I pursued myself and no one else. And like, you know, I guess like the one gift that I want to give for everyone is to, you know, just help them embrace themselves because Mm -hmm. sometimes like it sounds crazy, but that's the biggest risk you can take. Yeah. Gosh, I love you. (laughs) I love you so much. I I think that's beautiful. And I think you're 22 years old and you are your own boss and you pursued yourself and you believed in yourself so much that you are going after it. And I think that's what people have a really shaky relationship with failure. Absolutely. You know, it's like, Mm -hmm. and if you look at it, like failure is a person and you have a Mm -hmm. relationship with it, you can say, Hey, not today. Right. Like I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna 
hang out with you today. Like, I'm right. not going to let you, you know, be in my space. Right. And I think that is a choice. Right. You know, it just comes down mm-hmm. to a choice. And I love that you made it. Because all the people that you're impacting is just, it's crazy. Um, oh. I just love you. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> um, so what has been the most surreal moment of your career thus far? Man, I feel like, oh, God. I feel like I have surreal moments all the time. And a lot of times they're when... I think, like, my most surreal moments are not the ones that you would think are the most surreal. I've had a lot of amazing moments, like, moments that, you know, people would want to hear about or see about. Like, oh, I met this person or I worked with this person. But for me, the most surreal moments are the moments that I connect with people all around the world to help them share their story. Like, I actually Skype these girls from Venezuela. I don't speak Spanish. I was on Google Translator trying to like speak Spanish to them. Oh my yeah, gosh. about half the story. And like Was this recently? It was like a month or so ago. Okay. Um also like, you know, spoke with a girl in Paris and you know, for me it's like the moments are the unexpected ones, you know, when people want to come to me because they have a short story that they want to share and they're people that I don't know. Like I could care less about who everyone else thinks is cool. I think it's cool when you can make someone feel special about their own story and yeah. like that's a very surreal moment. Um I think actually I do have one moment that was super surreal for me. So Three years ago when I lived in L.A., I remember attending my first fashion party, and it was in West Hollywood, and Rebecca Minkoff was opening. She was partnering with her best friend, Alaria Urbanati, and Alaria is a celebrity stylist, and she had this amazing store called Confederacy, and Rebecca launched her denim line. And I kind of, you know, I met one of my mentors in L.A. that I met which is another crazy story. He's kind of like a fashion dad to me. He basically emailed them and said, hey, like, this girl wants to do fashion, let her in. And here I am with, like, my best friend Chelsea. We walk in. I'm, like, this 18-year-old, like, wearing my flower crown because I was, like, my phase. And um, we, like, walked in and, like, we were just, like, bopping around. And, like, there was just, you know, like, there were just all these people there. And it was crazy. And I and I was just like, yeah, like, go fashion. And, like, obviously afraid to approach them. But um, And then, like, you know, kind of pursuing that relationship. And um, I think... So this fall, backstage, uh, I well, I went backstage for Fashion Week, and I was covering, um, and then I was backstage for Rebecca Rebecca's show, and I went backstage um, to say hi to Rebecca, and then meet Alaria for the first time. Who, speaking of laptop lifestyles, three years ago I interviewed her and pulled over on the highway and like interviewed her on the phone and like wrote an article about her on my blog. I love so, it. So, <laughs> anyways, but and like I'd you been gotta do what you got to right, do, and I'd been like trying to meet her, whatever. So I go like I saw. Uri, and he was like, hey, like, I was like, I, I saw that Ilaria was styling the show, and I was like, um, Uri, like, is Ilaria here? And he was like, yeah, she's backstage, go say hi. And I walked backstage, and it was, like, Rebecca, Ilaria, and Uri all in one place, and it was, like, such a, like, a crazy moment for me because, like, this was, like, such a dream, like, mm-hmm. to even, like, meet these people. And, you know, I remember, like, literally just trying to sneak in the door at their party three years ago, and then I got to actually, like, meet Ilaria and, like, see these amazing people who I've – looked up to and just, you know, because they've totally just paved the way in the fashion and tech space. Like they are single-handedly revolutionizing this whole industry. And, you know, I felt like my heart kind of like, just like blew up inside of me. And I was like, this is amazing. You people are amazing. I can't even believe I'm just like standing in the middle of you. Like, I felt like it was just like, wow, like this is my dream. Like this is my dream three years ago. And like, I can't even believe I'm in like two steps of you and I can like say hi to you. And Mm -hmm. like, you know, and like look at you in the eye with like, utmost respect and just it was just unbelievable and like for me it was a reminder that like you know anything can happen like any 
any dream can happen if you like fight for it. And like, that's, that was like a crazy moment. So yeah. (laughs) Thanks for sharing that. When do you think a dream is no longer worth fighting for though? I'm going to play devil's advocate. Yeah. Um, like when, when, totally. when do you let failure in and you say, you know what, I've, I've had enough or you're an entrepreneur yeah. and you've, you know, when, when, when you lose yourself, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't achieve my dreams because of me. I achieve my dreams because of the people around me and the relationships that I have and like the people that foster and help me grow. Mm-hmm. And if I become too consumed in that, I lose those relationships and that makes me worth nothing. And you know, you have to know when it stops. You know what you're good at. You know what you're bad at. And, like, you know, there's a difference between fighting against failure and then also just letting it happen. And I think that, like, you know, beating failure is not always about, like, being like, hey, like, I failed. I'm the worst. But, like, maybe accepting that and then making yourself better so that you can come in stronger next time. Mm-hmm. Because I don't believe that you truly, you know, Failure is not necessarily something that you close and move on to the next thing. To have a good failure is to look at that and say, all right, this is why it didn't work and to come back, you know? It's like, it's the same thing if you're an athlete. If you're a runner and you lose one race, are you just going to never run again? Or are Mm -hmm. you going to evaluate and look at your stride and try to get stronger so you can come back and race again? Yeah. That's, you know, overcoming failure. And I always, this is something that I've always come back to is to fail fast. Yeah. Like fail, get it over with, um, you know, rip off the bandaid, learn from it and then get back up. That's because hard. Because people, <laughs> it is so hard, but like, yeah. you know, you can get to a place where you wallow in despair right. of that, of that failure. Right. You know? And it's like, man, I, I really put everything out on the line and I really sacrificed it all. And I, you know, I made this huge mistake or I lost yeah. all my money or whatever. And I think it's, it's so much easier for us to come at this because we're 22 and 23 versus like, you know, you're 45, you've got three kids (laughs) and a mortgage. Like it's different, totally. you know? And I think that's why I'm such an advocate for young people Mm -hmm. going out and doing big things now. Right. Not that, you know, if you're older, not that you can't still do big things because you obviously can. There's just another level of responsibility and Mm -hmm. risk that comes along that. And so for people that say, oh, there's time for that later, I never, I never understand that. I'm like, just go yeah. after it right now. I know. Because you know? there's never mm-hmm. a right time. Never. And it'll mm-hmm. all, as the more you get older, the more responsibility you have and the more that you're not going to do it. Right. Totally. Yeah. I agree with you. So you have a huge passion for fashion. Yes. <laughs> um, tell me about, so you used to have a fashion blog and you kind of transitioned it into a lifestyle blog and mm-hmm. you and I have talked yeah. offline about this, but I really think this yeah. is, I love your insight on this. So please share totally. what you did that. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, basically I created my platform for two reasons. One, cause I like to create art Two, cause I didn't know people and three, I wanted to create kind of a portfolio and build relationships, but you know, of late and recently I, I, I've kind of had enough about, you know, just putting it's, it's, I've, I've created a platform for me. Now it's time to create a platform for you and create a platform for others and make a bigger difference in other people's lives. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think that, you know, sometimes I felt a little drained and I felt like I had to take photos. And once it feels like that, it's not art. Yeah. And it showed up in my work. And, you know, so what I decided to do is transition this spring 
and just start my own consultancy. So now what I do is I work on social media, content creation, and digital strategy for different brands, um, you know, specifically fashion tech, but also some other, you know, areas as well and help people on their personal development. So, you know, and to me, that's amazing. Like in New York on the 23rd, I'm actually teaching a social media workshop at the New York Artist Equity Association to help get, artists. Get it, girl. Yeah, to help artists use social media Share to like, yeah, to do that. And like, to me, that's what's awesome is like being able to be like, hey, this is what I learned and I want to teach you. I mean, like my dreams and goals one day are to eventually write a book and be a professional speaker and an adjunct professor. Like that's what I think I'm meant to do. Let's just tour the world together. That's what I want to do. It's like, you know, <laughs> I can build my own fire, but like I got to light your fires too, oh, you know? I so love that. like that's, you know, that's where I'm at now. It's mm-hmm. like, and that's the beginning of my pursuit is like, you know, you can do, you can do something for yourself, but it's how many other people can you get to make a change? And like, there's a difference between passive and active inspiration. I want to have active inspiration. I don't want people to just sit and watch my life. I want them to get up and live their own. And that's what my goal is. And I think that's a a struggle with social Mm -hmm. is because you, I want to vicariously live through you. Mm -hmm. Like people even say that about me, like, Oh, I love all the things you're doing. Like I live through your life. And I'm like, Oh, that's like really sweet, but yeah. I'd love for you to look at your life the same way. Right. You know, and mm-hmm. be actively living your own. Right. And like, I think, you know, too, like a devil's advocate side for that too is like, I mean, I think it's cool because like, you know, fa- like <laughs> what, 10 years ago, I was that girl, like that girl that grew up and, you know, everyone around me was, you know, like, I don't know. Like, I mean, I looked up to people doing what I'm doing now and like, mm-hmm. there's such an outlet for that too. And it's cool because like, that's why I think it's important to be authentic because you want to develop those relationships and be like, Hey, you can do this too. Like, yeah. look at you. You came from a small town in Illinois <laughs> and like, you're doing you. And like, yeah. the only thing that's stopping you is yourself. And like, sure, there are other things that come into, you know, play, but when there's a will, there's a way. And I think the reason why I'm so thankful and so gracious is because Every single relationship that I've made to this day, honestly, has been my own doing. Um, I I mean, obviously, people have introduced me, but when I was a freshman at Vanderbilt, I would send 30 to 50 emails a day to people. Um, just, just trying to get... Just asking for intros just, or, like, just, no, just... just trying to get coffee. I would... I literally just tried to like meet and talk to anyone that had any interests that I did because I felt kind of stuck, mm. you know, being in Nashville. And, um, but I realized like, there's just, it's not, it's, it's all about being, it's all about growing where you're planted. Mm-hmm. And that's like, you know, something that I've, that's a whole, you know, thing where it's like, you know, you can't become, you're, if you're always looking at the next thing, you're never going to be happy. And something that, you know, I'm really excited about is that I feel like now, like wherever I am, I'm able to just, take what's around me and make the most of it Mm -hmm. and not always be looking to go to the next city or the next place, even though I travel a lot. And that might sound a little bit like backwards, but I think I've definitely, you know, found the value in just making the most of what's there. Yeah. And learning to be a little bit more present. Mm -hmm. My great grandma always used to say bloom where you are. Yeah. And so I just, I always come back to that. Like, bloom that, bloom that. (laughs) Yeah. Just bloom it. Um, I don't know. I feel like that's something that isn't always easy. Um, but when you, when you said you wanted to, reach out to people in the community and in yeah. your whole life. Like, have you struggled as a creative to find a community of like-minded people that lifts you up? And you said like you had some struggles with mm-hmm. people making fun of you, like in your creative yeah. path. I mean, I get it. Like, yeah. Whenever mm-hmm. you separate from the pack, right. pe- people yeah. either make fun of you or they mm-hmm. applaud you. So <laughs> yeah. When you put on the rainbow uh, wig, you're going to get looks. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, I don't do that. But yeah, I mean, 
I'm so lucky. I have the most amazing friends in the world. Um, everyone was in the same boat. We've all kind of grown together and, you know, our relationships have changed because we're not in the same place all the time. But like, that's good because mm -hmm. my best friends, they're all creatives. You know, a lot of them, a lot of them aren't. And I love that too, because I grew, I have a lot of friends. It's great to have friends that are super creative and friends that aren't because you need that balance. But, you know, I have my people in my life who are my best friends and my family and, you know, they support me and they aren't making art every day, but they can help me so that I make smart decisions and mm -hmm. they love me. Um, and then I have my friends that are creatives and they're all over the world and, you know, they're shooting, they're singing, they're, you know, they're just doing these amazing things. And we are bonded in our creative struggle and now we have our creative stride and now we have to just hold on and run with that. And you know, this is what I always say is so special about Nashville is like, this is how I kind of describe the world. You know, um, we're very lucky to have to build a community in Nashville because, you know, when you're in LA, it's kind of like whoever trips you first wins. When you're in New York, whoever runs faster <laughs> wins the race. But in Nashville, like, you know, everyone kind of holds hands and gets through it together. And that's what life's about. Yeah. I, I've, you said that to me um, a few weeks ago and I've thought about that a lot. Just meeting people here, they're mm -hmm. all kind of in right. it together. Right. Um, which is beautiful. Do you feel like, um, like how do you feel relationships as far as like, um, like long distance, short distance relationships, whenever you're in a relationship with somebody, yeah. like how does that take you away or bring you closer to your creative path? Yeah. And like, because I've been in relationships where I've gotten very distracted yeah. from who I am and what my goals are mm -hmm. because I'm in like, you know, I've got rose yeah. colored glasses on and I'm in love and I, you know yeah, what I mean? So totally. how do you, how do you stay focused yeah. whenever, um, you know, you're in a relationship and you feel distracted? Oh, <laughs> I don't get distracted. Got it. Um, because like you're saying, like what I do is not about just me anymore. It's not mm -hmm. about my blog post or my this. I'm on teams in all different places. If yeah. I don't do something, 10 people suffer. If I let someone down, I'm going to let someone down. And I don't like that. Yeah. Um, you know, for me, it's like, I think you got to have, you got to try to have, it's, you can't have everything in life, but you got to pick what you have in your life and mm -hmm. you have to figure out to find that balance. And, you know, I don't know. I think if you surround yourself with people that are like-minded you know, they're going to be around you and they're going to be the ones that are helping you, you know, carry the set, the pr the props onto the shoot. But they're also <laughs> going to be the ones that be like, hey, like you need to put your computer down. This is really annoying. And I feel like this computer is a part of our relationship, you know? Yeah. yeah and totally. um, I don't know, like I'm very focused. Like distraction is not. It's funny because I'm the most ADD person in the world. If you mm -hmm. sit next to me on my computer, I'll have eight screens open. And you'll be like, I do not understand her brain. Cause it's crazy, yeah. but I'm so focused on what I'm doing and I'm very serious about that. And, you know, I have a lot of friendships around the world and like, I am very lucky because I feel like I've really been able to build a lot of relationships and like, this is kind of my trick to that. Whenever I think of someone, I always let them know I'm thinking of them. Mm -hmm. So if I see a book and I'm like, Oh, this reminds me of this person, I'll take a picture and shoot a text to that person. Or I'll be like, just call someone out of the blue and be like, hey, you know, I was thinking about you. Or, you know, I'll write them a letter. And to me, I think that's what's important because if you show people that you love them and you think about them in the midst of your busy life, that's the most important thing. Because, you know, I have a lot of people, there are a lot of people that could give up on me and say, hey, I know you're super busy based on your social media, you know, but like, I want to talk to you. And like, to me, that's, I don't believe in being busy. I believe in making time. And there's nothing that makes me more upset than feeling like I've let the people down around me that I love. And yeah. like, you know what, if there's a friend that needs help with the project, 
I will help them with that project and then I will stay up an extra hour to work on a project that I'm working for for a client because, you know, money comes and goes, jobs come and go, people in business come and go, but your friends are there for life. Yeah. And that was actually my next question was in in busyness, which yeah. I hate that excuse, like, oh, I'm too busy or, oh, I've got yeah. a lot going on. And, right. and I never want to be, I'll never want to be unreachable or untouchable. Right. Like mm-hmm. I never want people yeah. to look at me and be like, oh, she's too busy to help. Right. And I'm, I mean, I know like right. just from what you said, you don't want to be that either, but it's like, what strategies do right. you use to like schedule your life? Like mm-hmm. what tools do you use? Do you use totally. like apps or totally. a system? Like how do you do that? Well, my new mantra of 2016 is no vague plans. <laughs> So, you know, if I say, hey, we're going to hang out, I try to be like, all right, cool. Let's get it on the calendar. Got it. Um, Or, and I appreciate, you know, because you're very much so that kind of person, which is funny because I know that you're that kind of person. So, like, for me, I feel like sometimes I put it in your hands because I'm like, (laughs) oh, I know that she's going to come at me with a calendar. Like, this is so awesome. Um, (laughs) Here are the dates But I love Calendly. Um, It's amazing. Um, I found that through you. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. So it hooks up to all of your Google calendars and you can send it to someone in business and be like, hey. Um, pick a meeting time that works for you. I would recommend don't send it to anyone in your personal life. Um, cause I d- made a mistake by doing that once. Cause I was like excited about the app and like it came off. It's like kind of, uh, entitled uh, and you know, I obviously was just excited about the app cause I'm a weirdo, <laughs> but, um, yeah. I so I love, yeah, I'm like, that's digital time my calendar. Um, but yeah, so I do that. I totally Google calendar is like my freak. Like I love it. I'm mm-hmm. such a calendar. It's all there. Um, but I always make sure that I don't know. Like I think about people, I'll reach out to them and be like, Hey, let's grab coffee this week. Or, you know, like trying to just like get that in and like reach out to people and be like, Hey, like, you know, I'm rooting for you. I saw that you're doing this. Like, even though I'm not there, just know them thinking about you and let me know how I can support. But with that being said, you know, there's, there's kind of two things that I always make sure of. Like, you know, I always want to make sure that I'm spending time with the people that are close to me mm-hmm. and that I care about them and I'm giving them love. I always want to make sure that I'm spending time, you know, or reach out to people that have given something to me, whether that's inspiration or opportunity and just like, you know, fill them in on, you know, the impact that they've had or just take a moment to say thank you. And then I always want to take a moment to make time to inspire other people because if it weren't for the people that took my calls, I wouldn't be what I'm doing. And like, it's very easy to be like, oh, sorry, I can't talk on the phone. But like, I love going to coffee with younger girls. I love mentoring them. I just Skyped with a girl yesterday. Like, I love it because like, no, like, do I have everything figured out? Not at all, but I know what I love and I can help other people like, you know, figure out what they want. And it's so important to give to the next generation because like I said, I can light my fire, but I need to light yours. And um, then also too, like you have to say no and you have to say no. And that's something new that I've been doing because like, but when do you, how do you know when to say no? Because if you've got all these right. people reaching out to you, like, yeah. hey, let's grab yeah. coffee, teach me this. like You know what? Um, and it's something that I've been working on, but, like, you, when you feel like it's dragging you, you cut it off. Mm. Um, and you do it gracefully because there have been times where I feel like I've been in 8,000 million places trying to maintain 8 million friendships and – if you don't have a mutual understanding in that give and take and that, like, it's like, hey, you know, this is our friendship. Like, we love each other. Maybe we see each other, like, once or twice a month. And one person is expecting you to be in their life every day. That's not going to work. So it's like, if you don't feel like there's a mutual understanding, like, it's just not going to work. Mm-hmm. And if you're tired, like, reschedule. Like, prioritize. And, like, that's what I've been working on. Like, I was not good at taking care of myself for a really long time. And, like, you know, obviously not being in school now, I have, like, more time to be a human being. But, like, <laughs> if I feel sick... I don't 
and it's not something that I have to do, I will be like, hey, I'm not feeling well. I need to reschedule. I really try not to do it, but it happens. Yeah. How do you take care of yourself? Like what yeah. What avenues of self-care, you know, do you do on a daily basis or yeah. a weekly basis to like just get in touch with yourself? Because yeah. you can't always be pouring out. You know, no, you have yeah, to have totally. something you know, within you to pour out all the time. So what do you do? Yoga or reading or like, yeah, what do you, what do I you love do? boxing and I love yoga. Just, I love you. Title boxing is like, if my vibe's like, man, I just need to like punch something right now. I wake up and I just punch the bag and it is great. Yoga is great because it definitely is more peaceful and like sedentary, but like very spiritual and mm-hmm. connective. And I'm trying to get more into that because I think it's important. Like for me, obviously being a very like person, I need to like streamline <laughs> my brain and I want to get into meditation, but you know, like more than a minute is still a little difficult still. So I'm like trying to get into it. Um, but yeah, that's great. I think also like calling friends is like a great thing of like love writing letters and, you know, just like being, just being like, to throw sometimes I throw my phone into a drawer and I'm like peace out like mm-hmm. see you in an hour and <laughs> it's okay like you have to be able like I think you should just have a 24-hour deadline for responding to emails like and it's something that I've learned mm-hmm. and like even from mentors because you know there have been times where I've been like the first one to respond to an email whether that's 11 p.m or 6 in the morning and like that's great but you're also creating the expectation for yourself and if you respond to emails at 6 in the morning people are going to expect for you to do that but if you set boundaries and you're like hey I don't answer emails past this time people will respect that. So I like that. It's like a new thing that I've been working on. And, um, because like your life wants to, you want to go out to, you want to go out and have dinner. You know, I also like got an Apple watch too. So I know something's really important, you know, Yeah. because it's hard and like, yeah, like I need my emails, but I also have to live my life. Yeah. You can't, (laughs) you can't live in that world all the time. Yeah. No. How many hours a day do you think you're on your laptop? (laughs) Oh, God. My dwindling eyesight can tell you that. <laughs> Man, I don't even want to think about how much I look at screens. I'm scared for my brain. It's I don't think it's good. I wish that, like, I could just, like, I don't know, like, be a magical princess and, like, not have to be on it. I really hate to say it. I'm a full-time lapper. Yeah. Um, I'm a full-time lapper. Like, I That's wake great. up. I'm trying to do this new thing where I, like, drink water before I do anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wake up. Shake it out. Sometimes I have a dance party, like pump up mm-hmm. pump, pump up the vibe. <laughs> yeah put on some of those 90s jams um god I don't even want to think about it but like full-time job because I'm an entrepreneur so I'm either on the phone or I'm at a meeting or I'm at a shoot or I'm on my computer and you know hopefully I can be at a place you know at a point where I can hire someone full-time to do a lot of the administrative work so then yeah. I can like step away mm-hmm. um and just focus more on like you know the client-facing relations and things like that because that's I think where my I thrive so uh, that's the goal. I mean, yeah, I, oh, laptop is killing me, but like, it's my BFF. I wear backpacks everywhere. You'll see me with my laptop at a bar, the train, cabs. Like, my I totally need to get unlimited data because like I'm always trying to connect. You know? Yeah. <laughs> What's your craziest laptop story? Um. Oh, geez. Oh, I'm usually like the girl that's walking around in New York City with my laptop in one hand, my phone plugged into my laptop because my phone is dead. So like, that's like a really common occurrence. Um. I would say, you know, gosh, I mean, one time in New York, I like got off on a street curb. I was like sitting on a windowsill, like playing. I just like have all these weird laptop stories. Like I'm just always with my laptop. It's Mm -hmm. like Lars and her laptop. It's a total laptop, laptop lifestyle. I'm always ready to to fire. Yeah, girl. It's like, you need that document? I will get that document to you. (laughs) Hold on. Right away. One minute, please. There you go. 
Oh, you're on the middle of nowhere? Oh, yeah, I can get it out for you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. If only we were still in the age of carrier pigeons. Oh Do you feel like there is a level of the laptop lifestyle that is not good? Like, do you think it's disconnected us? Do you think it's changed totally. the way that we've communicated in a bad way? Hondo P. I mean, <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, like, sometimes I talk to people on email and they're like, oh, my God, love you, girl. Things I meet them and they're like, welcome to the event. And I'm like, girl, <laughs> you need to lay down. You need to, or, like, let off those exclamation points on emails because my exclamation points mean something, okay? Yeah. And if I'm going to give you an exclamation point, I'm going to bring the heat. So, I don't know. Like, some people, like... Email is great for fake people. Like, it's so great. You can be fake authentic. Like, thanks. Oh, my gosh. So generous of you. Totally. Like, here's the tracking number. Um, So, yeah, it's great. But, like, can't hide behind the computer all day because that's not where the magic happened. This is where the magic happened. Right here. This is where the magic happens. No, for sure. Um, What do you think is – what do you think has been your biggest regret in your creative journey? Hmm. I just asked this question to someone the other day, and they were like, oh, this is kind of a, a dark question. Um, biggest regret? I think probably the moments or times that I let myself believe that, you know, or just the times that I would let myself just get in my head and be like, I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if I can do this. Because mm. that was all time that I could have been like, yeah, I can do this, and let's do this, bam. Um, but other than that, I mean, I, I don't really have regrets. Um, I mean, yeah, I make mistakes, but because there's nothing that I would change because like every, like I said, like I never know what's going to happen. So I think just putting my best foot forward and like rolling with it a hundred percent, I think, you know, I sort of wish I had a little bit more technical training and, you know, I think that something that I could be a lot better at is you know something like photoshop so i think that's a regret and i could have been a lot better at that but you know what hey like i'm kind of still learning i can still learn it but you know my boss last summer um said something to our company that's really resonated with me and he said why try to be good at something new when there's already a specialist at it when you're amazing at something like life at this point in our life we've been working towards something just own it like it's important to understand how other things work but like for me to go out and try to be a coder is stupid because there's mm-hmm. going to be someone that is so much better than me to that can do that. And you can hire them. Right. <laughs> and I can hire them. Yeah. And, but, you know, maybe it's important to understand what it takes to code so that you can have realistic conversations and deadlines and things like that. But, like, I'm not at a point in my life where I'm trying to go out and start a new career because I know what I'm good at and I just need to zero in on that rather than go out and try to be this and that and this and that and this and that. And that's still something that I continuously am trying to do. Streamline, streamline, streamline. Your processes and just get... Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm 22. Like, geez. Like, I'm like, God, like, I got to figure out how to pay my taxes, you know? Like, <laughs> how do we pay our taxes? That That's the class that we should have had in college. I literally... Like, all the life things are... I'm like, hello, like, taxes, broken washing machine, like, all the things that you need to function. Like, sometimes I forget how to be a human. I'm like, oh, shoot. I forgot, like, I have to, like do that like you know like mm-hmm. i'm just like so into what i'm doing i'm like oh geez like i gotta buy groceries i know or i gotta take myself to the doctor oh god or, that's yeah. the worst i'm always <laughs> i'm trying to grow up though yeah <laughs> i hope an element an element of us never does oh yeah because there's that curiosity and creativity what do you what do you think it means to be a creative like i think that's mm-hmm. a word that has yeah. really in the last two years become more mainstream totally it's like oh i'm a creative i'm a creative it's like what does that mean to you it means to 
have your own perspective every single day you go out and live it and create it and, you know, get other people to believe it. Mm -hmm. And that's it. It's like, you know, a dignified perspective. Like I see the world in squares. Like I'm always looking at the little things and, you know, the power of creativity is the power to, you know, connect the dots that others don't see. And if you can do that, you're creative and you have to own it too. Like no one's going to believe you if you don't believe in yourself. Like, speak with authority totally. and say, my name is Lars, yeah, and I, I am do this. this. I mean, yeah. you know, the, from the day I had my blog, I had a business card, and I called myself a blogger, okay? Maybe I had two posts, but, like, I was like, yeah, I'm Larissa May. I, people were like, whoa, you have a business card? Like, you're like, what, 19? Like, yeah, own it. Yeah. Fake <laughs> it till you make it. <laughs> no, like, I think that professional blogging is a thing. Oh, it is. You know, people are, making, people are making a lot of money yeah, doing that, and I, I feel like, No matter as a creative, as a photographer, you know, being a full-time photographer, people look at that and they say, oh, you know, that's a really cute dream of yours, but, like, you're going to have to wake up one day. And I was like, you know what's going to be cute? Your face when I take a picture of it. (laughs) (laughs) And edit it in Photoshop. right. Gosh. Oh, my Okay. So I have one more question for Mm -hmm. you, but before that. I want you to tell people where they can find you. I'm going to link it up in the show notes so you'll be able to find her, find all things Lars May. But uh, tell people where where are you the most? Yeah, I would say definitely Instagram. Living like Lars and another Instagram, which is all about you. I want to hear your stories. Half the story. And if you guys want to share your story, just click the link in our bio and you'll get the picture on your phone and just you'll get a snap little photo with it. Seriously, it would be amazing to connect with you guys. If you ever need anything, just reach out to me on my platform or my website. And I'm so excited to connect with you. So my very last question is, what are you most grateful for in this season of your life as a creative yeah. and as an entrepreneur and as a total girl boss? I am so thankful for the incredible support and mentorship that I have. If it were not for the people around me and the people that believe in me or the people that, you know, can drink my Kool-Aid, even though it's probably not cool sometimes, you know, (laughs) and I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing. And I just can't, this is a dream. Like, yeah, people look at me, they're like, oh, you're going to New York. I'm like, yeah, I'm doing consulting. Like, oh, what company are you working for? I'm like, um, well, I'm, I, I'm doing my own and they look at me like I have eight eyes and I'm like that you're like, this is crazy and it's a risk, but it's amazing. And it's a dream. And like, I don't have a plan B and I'm not going to live my life that way because if you do, you'll never be happy. And so I'm just thankful for owning it and trying to rock it and fighting through and creating opportunity because it's not about letting opportunity find you. It's about you creating that opportunity. Yeah. So, you know, I'm, I'm thankful. Well, thank you so much for all the good that you put in the world and just letting your light shine. Thanks. Hey, thanks for letting me shine a little bit brighter today. Of course. (laughs) 